When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. another episode of Creatures of the Night, I beg of you! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome everyone to Creatures of the Night, post-mortem for episode two of season five of the Boulay Brothers, Dracula. And before we approach and tackle episode two, let's just talk about the response to episode one, because I think this year, more than any other season, it has been so overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Just the cast and the challenges and the looks, mama, the looks. Yeah. People were like really freaking out, like tons of accolades. There is a magic in the air about season five. There's something that you could just feel. It's really electric. Everyone's loving the cast. They're just magnetic on screen. The viewership went through the roof. It's incredibly successful already. Actually, we'll have a special announcement that ties directly into that, but we're going to save that for next week. <laughs> very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Thank you, everyone at home, for watching and engaging. We're so thrilled that everyone is as happy with the cast as we are and the new format and all the changes and everything. So thank you for watching. And I can promise you this, it only goes up from here. It really, the episodes just get better. They do. And I, that's not us trying to sell like snake oil. It really does. They really do get better. They like, do. Consistently one after the next it just keeps upping the ante Mm -hmm. and there's so much interaction and support on social media which i'm really grateful for our fans are so activated and supportive which i love and it just feels really good but one of my favorite comments kind of went like damn the Boulay Brothers and Dragula really know how to hype everything up and really get me like so anxious to watch. And then it delivered in spades, which I'm like, yes, that like, feels good. The best. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy. We worked very hard on it. So I'm glad that it turned out the way it did. The cast worked very hard. They deserve all the accolades that they're getting. So I'm excited. Before we dive into the episode, we should talk a little bit about the last time we left off on the podcast, which we were leaving to go film Good Morning America in New York on Halloween morning, which we did, which was crazy to be back in New York for Halloween because I don't know if people know, but we used to live there. And Halloween in New York is fun. It's a lot of fun. It's very crazy. There's a dangerous energy in the air on Halloween, I think. There is danger in the air, mm-hmm. for sure. It's the parade. It's the masses of people yeah. and all the bridge and tunnel people that come over. And, and being being on the subway with a bunch of people in masks and costumes, like, just concealed their identity. Yeah. It, it, it feels like 
is this like Gotham City? Yeah. Something, there's a crime about to happen. Yeah. Am I going to be a victim? And there probably, some crimes probably did happen. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Uh, we, we, I wish we kind of stayed one extra day because it ended up being where Drac and I flew out on Halloween. So we filmed and then later that night we flew back to Los Angeles. And this is like one of those surreal days where you wake up in New York, you get into full drag, you film at Good Morning America, you de-drag, go to the airport, and then you're flying on mm-hmm. your Delta One broom back to Los Angeles <laughs> on Halloween. It was so surreal. Well, also, don't forget when we were in our Delta One lounge waiting for our flight, I saw the tarmac on fire. Yes. Right? That's on our social, too. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's like open flame, like way out on the tarmac. Yeah. Which is crazy. I zoomed in on it. It was pretty fun. But our flight didn't get delayed. So, uh, yeah. So, Good Morning America, if you didn't catch us, we were all on their social media on Halloween. But we were originally supposed to judge a costume contest, and they canceled the costume contest. But it actually ended up working out good because we're doing a whole interview segment with them, which is going to be on Good Morning America on November 11th. Yeah. Well, the turn of events, because, hi, we got that. Oops, I said it. You Ooh. said it. You said the Oh, I need to be penalized. Now, now I have to do a shot. Whoop. No, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a new game. And we get all slow by the end of the episode. <laughs> um, okay, so let me restate that. I, I think one of my favorite parts about the GMA experience was it was cool to be in the ABC studios. It was cool to see a studio in New York as opposed to Los Angeles, which I'm so used to. And New York, we used to live in to go there and then just to film it all. And then it was so natural. The interviewer was so great. I felt like it was easy. And Drac and I were really kind of like comfortable throughout the whole interview. And then at the very end, they were like, oh, okay, before you go, let's get this piece for, you know, the the little teaser that when they have guests on, they show like before commercial or something. And they asked me and Drac to be like super uber chipper and say, good morning, America. And it was like, it was so cringy and horrible. Like we had to do it like five times. And by the fifth time I was like, okay, cut. Please tell us what to do. Like, give us some examples because we're not morning people. Like, we are night creatures. Yeah. Like, we need some help here. It felt very like Wednesday Adams, right? And the Adams yeah. Family Values at Camp Chickawa or whatever it was. Yeah. Where it was like, for smile. That's what I felt like. I was like, I must look like an insane person. Totally. But it was fun. We had a good time. The interviewer was great. It was fun to be in their studios. And hopefully we make it an annual thing where we go and we welcome in Halloween for everybody on Halloween morning on Good Morning America. And then we can end it on the late show while we're in town. <laughs> and also swing by Andy Cohen's to be on the Watch What Happens Live. That's what we Ooh. needed to do. <laughs> on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, we are back, my trash can children. And joining us once again after missing an action is Ian. Ooh, greetings, the queens of darkness. <laughs> I, I can't say hi. I don't say hi or hello anymore. So <laughs> greetings. You know what I mean? Greetings. Salutations. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> oh hi. hi. How are you both? We're good. How are you? Yeah. I am amazing, but I missed y'all. I yeah. missed y'all. I missed the podcast. I was listening to the latest episode and I was just banging on the bars of my cage like oh, I wish I was there this episode is so good I love episode one of season five of the Blair Brothers Dragula and to not be yeah. here for the first post-mortem 
crushing blow. I well, know a favorite you. highlight must have been when Drac was like, okay, Ian's not here this time, so just insert some, some yes. mamas and some hunchbacks and whatever. Some yes, God, yeah. some locker room. I literally, I screenshotted the time code where I was at and I texted Drac and Swat. I was like, you bitches. <laughs> Mama. So did you, is there anything that we didn't cover? Because you might have different experience than us. Is there anything that we missed that you think that was kind of fun BTS stuff? Honestly, I feel like you guys really nailed it. You covered it all. You mentioned it all. It was a really cool way to sort of like peek behind the mortuary curtain and see kind of like actually what happens because y'all were so involved. Not that you're not involved in the other seasons, but I mean, you really had your claws just dug into the body of season five. You know, tens, tens, tens all across the board, <laughs> mama. It was fun. I mean, I did remember one thing. When we were walking back from the extermination, after we let everybody down, do you remember we got lost? We got separated <gasps> oh, from the group? Oh, yeah, that was one thing. Oh, I I was <laughs> like, these bitches were like, it was it was Drac and Swan and Satana and this. And I was like, oh, what about me? Where was I? Uh, but no, yeah, that was really crazy because we had these little snacks who were leading us back to our cars. And then they were just like sprinting ahead. And we were like, girl, it is pitch black. Like literally not a single light in the sky. And I'm yeah. Like, well, I guess we're going to die. <laughs> it was getting cold too. And it yeah. felt like you could easily get lost in those Well, mountains. our party was stretched back for like felt half like a, a mile, mile yeah. because there were so many of us. But also mm-hmm. we, ha- we were in the front. The guides were in front of us with the light. So if we lost them, we would have no <laughs> way where to go. And then none of you could follow us. But then somehow you got in front of us and then me and Ian were like off on yeah. a path. And I was like, are we just going deeper? Are we actually yep. headed to the car? So, but we we found our way. We, we got it. I mean, who <laughs> actually, of. here's the real behind the scenes. We are actually recording this episode from that mountain. We never <laughs> left. The, the, the entire rest of the season was filmed telepathically. Oh, wow. God, that was fun. I had a lot of fun. And I'm glad that we did that on episode one. Mm-hmm. We got outside. Because that's one of the things I love about Dragula is being able to take the the artist outside and to go on little adventures drag stuff, so. in the wild drag literally in the wild. Yeah. this yeah. episode yeah um but we're exiting episode one and now going toward episode two introducing trash can yes. trash can children and why trash can children which is obviously a parody on garbage pail kids um but we, we <gasps> what Oh my, wait, huh? Catch up, up, sweetie. Um, This is in response to the fans. Like, so many fans were like, where's the filth? Oh, mama, there's no filth. Where's the filth? The drag filth are in glamour. I do think that it's maybe appropriate to be back for filth my favorite tenant of dragula mm-hmm. i'm like ah that feels good in my little locker room well we wanted to put a filth forward floor show right at the beginning of the season just to kind of represent and we do like to make fun of the fans and, I, and we say it in a badgering <laughs> kind of fun way but it doesn't mean we don't love you um yeah you what, guys get to pick at us online all day every it's, day so really, you can handle a little bit back. yes teasing and torment <laughs> is our love language truly well, <laughs> so the thing the one thing i do want to say to fans about filth is this we give the challenges, right? We issue the challenges every episode, but it's up to the competitors to incorporate the tenants of Dragula into those challenges. We are suggesting them this time because there was such a demand for filth or, or things that are missing, 
We're like, this is a filth-focused challenge. But really what they should be doing is figuring out how to incorporate those tenants into mm-hmm. all of their looks. Sure. So it's not up to us to make them filthy. If you didn't see enough filth on season four, you should be inboxing the competitors. Go ahead, do it. Do it <laughs> yeah. now. Go back in time and do it. your favorite It's their fault. It's not up to us. It's <laughs> yes. true. I want to hear from Saint. I want to hear from Sigourney. Yeah, Sigourney, why didn't you do oh, filth? You know, you know why there wasn't enough filth in season four? It's Sigourney's fault. Ask Sigourney. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you know what? Hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back into the to, into the laboratory. So we see, you know, where the monsters are. Where the the monsters. laboratory. Monsters. <laughs> um, and we have all of our survivors, and they're kind of like talking about, well, who do you think went home? And such a gaggy moment when they voted and every single <gasps> person voted for JK. That's something I find interesting because JK goes home first. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the fans over a couple of days went from like, yeah, JK sucks. She can go yep. home. Uh-huh. And then they're like, I don't know, actually. I don't know that this person's look was better. I think actually JK, it starts building <laughs> yeah. up. Well, the thing that I. They just like to be contrary. Yeah, period. To- period. <laughs> the thing that I love about those comments truly is that it's always, I actually think that JK's look wasn't that bad or they should have gone home. No one ever has the courage to say who they actually think. That's what I want to know. Home. I'm like, okay, so fine. That's like fair. You don't think JK should go home? Then who? You pick. Exactly. Go. That's what mm-hmm. I said to Swan. I was like, okay, well, if you don't think it was JK, yeah. then say who or don't say it. Because you have it, say to it. pick somebody. You yeah. have to pick somebody. So who would it have been? And that's what I'd love to know. Silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 not often where everyone votes the same exact that way. Is true. So I think it's a little crushing too, but I think all in all, the competitors agreed with the judgment that the look was just not up to snuff compared to everybody else. Yeah. I want to say something about that. I I mean, I love that the nature of the show is a competition because it gets fans involved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people are just like, like if you watch a show and everyone's like, I love this person. There are some people that just automatically want to say, well, I like that person. You know, it's just that that's the whole idea of competition shows and how everybody gets excited. So I love that they get passionate and they want to agree and disagree. I mean, it is subjective, right? There are, are, there's probably yeah. people that think each one of those competitors should have won and each one of them should have lost. So it's it's interesting. And as annoying as I believe it is, <laughs> all fans are entitled to their opinion. Of course. <laughs> True. <laughs> so we get the challenge. It's trash can children. I think everyone's super excited and we let them know that they have to guzzle these trash juice smoothies uh-huh. complete with Jersey Turnpike water, yes! which is my favorite comment <laughs> from Jarvis. Oh, I remember one of my favorite sort of bts moments of this is we were planning, okay, how are we going to do this? We need the steins, we need the this, we need the ingredients. And then Swan turns to me and goes, Ian, do you want to do the honors of collecting? That? I was like, yes, I do. I would love to get the ingredients for these smoothies. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's the thing that I don't think people at home know because they, you know, they weren't there. So how would they know? The smell. It's the smell on those challenges. And the fact that kind of for that episode's filming days, the set reeks like that for the rest of the time. Oh, my God. For even, I remember episodes later, we would get random phantom whiffs of this. (laughs) Of that pig head. And I think I saw a comment from from Titans where someone was like, I don't don't think it was real. It looked kind of this or that. That was a butchered pig head and the room just smelled rank for weeks. Stank of blood. It it really did. The Titans had that smell, I think, kind of to the end, didn't it? Even into the post. (laughs) So, yeah. So, obviously, the smell was, was not pleasant at all 
and the steins go down one through ten for the remaining competitors, and then the eleventh one slams down. Ooh. And in walks JK yes. to everyone's gaggery. And oh all of a sudden everyone's like, <laughs> he should have went home first. <laughs> I will say I live for Satana's reaction. I mean, she yeah. was gagged pissed, pissed upset yeah. nauseous I, I just like, i remember it's looking at her face like oh you're mad mad she wanted to kill <laughs> you know i said it in the last podcast i hate sending someone home first i hate it i hate it i hate it it's rough and there's no way to me that satana there's there's no way that one of them that should have been the end of their journey mm-hmm. i just am like that's not it can't because here's why I hiked through the woods with them. They jumped off a bridge and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to punish someone after doing that. After they both jumped, I was like, I, we're not doing this. Uh -uh. We're not doing this. So whatever it looks like, it's another stunt. You know, it wasn't pre-planned, which is like, nope, we have to, we have to adjust because they both earn their spots here for the second Mm -hmm. episode, period. I'm going to spill, period. (laughs) I'm going to spill probably the biggest (gasps) cup of tea. Spill the stein. Okay. So spill your Jersey Turnpike water, mama. There was a 12th contestant <gasps> cast on the Boulay Brothers oh. Dragula season five. There was. And they quit before <sighs> they got here. Before they got here. <laughs> like we had our first casualty before the cameras even started rolling. Yeah. Yep. And it was the first time in the history of the show that that has ever happened. And so it sort of did mess with the system right yeah. because it it enabled us to be able to keep someone so we knew we did have that in our pocket if we needed to we could save someone but of course we used it on episode one which y'all <laughs> love to do you you i blame you two specifically oh because God. in previous seasons too it's like it's like i i show up i'm ready for business mm-hmm. i i am i have like my boss my boss wig on and i'm like we need to kill someone tonight and like <laughs> well, what if we what if we used our save tonight i'm like it's episode one oh we, we might need this later moments where i i desperately wish that this was being recorded on video because swan's face during that is so funny and you're right it really it is it's the nicey cutie train of track and me being like well, well. oh remember formelda ian was oh. like we can't send formelda home oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry i have to, I have to, I have to, I have to defend my honor here in, in the nicey cutie junior mints movie club i did defend formelda's honor in the edit but right that's she right to go home <laughs> love you formelda well listen yeah. i want to jump us forward to this iconic moment curse of the teletubby yes. toilet, ball. <laughs> toilet ball toilet ball hey, what do you look like a moon <laughs> that a moon was amazing. with a toilet no, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna flush you and this is why I love us so much because we're not scared we don't shy away from doing like mm-hmm. the real dumb stuff yes. like, I knew that it's half, so fun. half the viewers would be like what are they doing? But I was like, it doesn't matter because someone's going to get locked in a toilet and everybody can appreciate that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> For those that don't know, this is a direct reference to an iconic line from Kendra Onyx as stated in one of the episodes of uh, of Titans, the Titans season. So Episode one. She came out swinging, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right out the gate. I don't know if this is jumping the gun a little bit, but I will say that 
I was surprised at how luxe the porta potty was. Oh uh, yeah, I thought it was gonna be. I mean, I have I have done some foul things in some porta potties <laughs> in my day, and I was expecting smaller, worse. I was like, Cynthia got off real easy. Yeah, some of them, some of them are big. roomy. Yeah. yeah, she didn't quite have like the studio apartment. She had like the one bedroom, <laughs> one bath, like yeah. version. She didn't have the, the full town. like. Uh, handicap one that's like the size oh, of the, the studio jumbo. apartment. Yeah. So I thought JK was for sure going to pick Blackberry. Like uh-huh. I thought I that was too. absolutely coming. And even when she said the lavatorium curse, like yeah, that Blackberry was, was right behind uh, Cynthia, like yeah. kind of on the same side. So I'm like, was it Blackberry? But then Cynthia just freaks out and ends up doing it. And <laughs> you want to know why? What great comedy gold that turned into. You want to know why I thought it was going to be Blackberry? Because he said it was going to be Blackberry. <laughs> what? He said it. Behind the wall, behind the set, I'm going to do that to Blackberry. I'm going to do that to Blackberry. He said it with conviction, too. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? But I'd I think, love to know. I think JK is a creature of just like, as something happens, he reacts. Yeah. It's completely reactionary. So he turned the corner and Cynthia turned up and it was like, nope, I'm getting you, bitch. And yeah, I like, wonder why. I'm I, like, that's cute, but don't ever do that again because we have a camera <laughs> set for Blackberry. <laughs> Wouldn't you use it against someone that, you know, you thought maybe like, like Neo maybe, right? Because you're like, well, Neo won the first episode, so I'm going to use it against them. I guess. I don't know, though. I think that there are a hundred different ways to play the game. And I think that if you were thinking purely strategy, sure, you know, knock one of the, at this point, hi, we're, uh, 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 drink, uh, uh, drink, 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 shots, drink, shots, drink. Shots. At this point, we're two episodes in, but if there was a frontrunner, hi, Neo, God damn it, she's getting drunk, okay, she's getting drunk, Neo won episode one, so maybe make her do it, but instead, Cynthia turns up, it's fingers pointed and suddenly it's you know what actually fuck you bitch yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. petty and everybody yes, everybody we knows petty. we love petty it's petty it's not petty. petty betty but it is petty oh. and everybody love when people go petty on a reality show yes, I mean, true. that is the best well speaking of petty fantasia and throb kind of spice up a little bit in this yeah. episode yeah, they did in each stack. other even episode one too a episode, little bit yeah, like, started, yeah. yeah it started yeah started episode one and then episode two i think it got a little more so let's keep our eye on that yeah hmm. i wonder let's talk about the floor show and let's talk about my favorite hair of the season. Oh, you want to talk about our look? I want to talk about our look. Oh, I want to talk about it too. Before them come us, and when we reveal (laughs) this look, oh my God. When I saw it, I myself was gagged at my own. (laughs) (laughs) I love this look because this hair is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but it's not an easy hairstyle to create. And this hair is inspired by X-Men comics Mm -hmm. from like the late 80s. -hmm. For some reason, this hairstyle, and it's ridiculous and could never work in real life. (laughs) Everyone in the (laughs) X-Men, everyone in the X-Men had this hair for a minute. Like Mm -hmm. it started with like uh, Polaris had like that big hair. Then it was like Wolfsbane had that hair. Feral had that hair. Feral had that hair. Melandra. And then Wolverine had it. Wolverine had big drag hair. hair. I was like... (laughs) You have a drag queen wig she on, sir. She got a big drag queen wig and big drag queen thighs, honey. Mm-hmm. And then um, Rogue had it for a minute, too, yep. and they just put a headband. It was just crazy. And I, <laughs> But I always loved it because it was so draggy, you know? And I was like, we just need to, like, get this hair. Oh, it makes so, no sense. I don't care. Yeah, it's I want so it. glam. It's so vamp and extraterrestrial. Like, I love it. Yeah, I do, too. It's probably my favorite hair of the season, Me, I too. Think. Like, yeah. without, without question. If you're going to talk about the hair, I feel like you also have to talk about the nail treatment. On oh, this. right. Oh, my God. I mean, literal weapons. They were blades. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. Those, yeah. They're heavy, too. Love they're those. heavy. I, I love those, but they are not practical. A deadly combo. Yeah. I was actually really impressed and shocked how much handography you were able to do during the dynamics 
because I remember when you showed me that I was like, girl, these things are like <laughs> you, you literally you, take your own. Oh, eye they're not out. coming oh, yeah. off. Though. Oh, they're yeah. not coming off because they were hard to get off actually afterward. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want this to fly off in the middle of judgment. I am sealing these things in my hand. <laughs> Loctite. Oh, it hurt getting them off. I'll tell you that. So let's talk about how gagged everyone was to see Matthew Lillard yeah. on the judge's block. When you think of drag, you, you think, think of, of Matt Lillard. Lillard. <laughs> yeah, so so a little behind the scenes there. We know Matt from like personal life, not from drag. And so we met him a bunch of times out of drag. And then he worked with us on Halfway to Halloween, but we were directing out of drag. So he, you know, that's he's seen us out of drag. He never seen us in drag before. Pretty much the opposite of almost everybody else that walks the earth. Right. So, so when, yeah, when he saw us in drag on set, I mean he he, he didn't know he it was, was us. His wig was disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. It truly was. He, he was like, oh, my God. You look incredible. Like, I would have never recognized you. <laughs> Which is usually the reaction that people get when they see us out of drag for the first time. Right. You look so, incredible. I never would have recognized you. <laughs> I was so happy that he came on because I thought it was, like, the perfect challenge for him. You yeah. Know? It makes, like, total sense. He had great expertise on the subject of filth and just that sort of 80s vibe, you yeah. know? Yeah, he really and knew then, what's up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had Landon back. That was fantastic. Yeah, I was very happy to have Landon back. Landon, one thing I want to say about Landon, I think Landon is such an incredible drag artist, but also like very mature, Mm -hmm. very wise, has been doing drag a long time, has done it in the smallest places, in the biggest places, and everything in between, and is still a working drag artist that just does weekly gigs and still flies out and does big gigs too. I feel like their expertise on the subject of drag is unparalleled. He is an amazing performer, a total professional, and loves tequila. I'm like, you win. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you win. You win. Exactly. I think also he is, he introduces filth into a lot of his looks. When we were saying earlier, yep. oh, hi, it's up oh, yeah. to the competitors to bring filth. I remember his Hospital of Horrors look. Hi. Damn, horror, but also <laughs> she's drunk. She's wasted. Don't cut them out. Leave all these. <laughs> no, we are. Leave all these to. false highs in. Absolutely. This is going to be the high counter, and I'm going to stop it at three. God damn it. But no, but his Hospital of Horrors look had a really intense infusion of filth, and I think that's partially what made it so scary. It just mm-hmm. was ugh, ghoulish. Such a great look still yeah. to this day. And what a sniper in the judges booth. Oh like, yeah. Going in on the derby details Debbie. in a way that I was like, wow, you should have a number. I was on a fucking derby team and everybody has a number. I was like, Princess Sugar Tits. Oh, Princess Sugar Tits is coming for everybody's <laughs> yeah. head tonight. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Landon is about the details and yeah. always has been. And I think that's why, you know, partially he makes an excellent judge. I also think it's important. We have drag kings on the show. There should be mm-hmm. drag king judges, right? Yeah, Wouldn't it be totally. weird if you... You it's kind of I mean? perfect considering who wins this challenge too. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. think what a moment for Throb too to have Landon on the judges panel and then to judge and to win. I mean, I'm sure that felt great. I think so too. Definitely. Yeah, so I was very excited to have Landon back. Landon's going to be on a couple episodes, actually. Um, so our first reoccurring judge is Landon Sider. Yeah. Yay. It's cool. All right, why don't we take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the floor show. We will see you all in a few minutes. We have returned. 
Podcast, and on to The Floor Show. So we've obviously already judged The Floor Show and said everything we could possibly say about everyone's outfits, but Ian, what did you think uh, about The Floor Show? Did you, is there any, like, who stood out to you as great or not so great or whatever? I really agree with the judgment for this episode, but I want to give a shout out to just how hardcore Neo's idea is. I think that it's appropriate that Neo didn't win the challenge because mm-hmm. it, it lacked that sort of child aspect to it but i remember seeing it in person being like oh my god this is again hardcore yeah in a way that no one's ever really pushed the envelope that hard and i just was very impressed by it i was too the, the, and it had layers it that's had a bunch the of, part mm-hmm. yeah that's it had the part like that impressed me the most special effects and layers and performance aspects to it but the truth is it was not a garbage that is true. Yeah, it just wasn't. Like, it wasn't. There was nothing that gave it that sort of silhouette or look or even hearken to a doll. Yeah. But the look was so striking right from the start. Yeah. And then, like, the multiple vaginas, one being on a pregnant belly, Ooh. but then all the spiders, but then all the webbing. And then when the webbing was hung on the oh, leg, yeah. I was like, oh, this is showmanship. Like, this is theatrical drama, which I live for. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Oh, and I'd like to talk about that for a minute because back when we did Meet Our Monsters and the EW interview, came out Nia was described as hardcore glam and inspired by fashion and entrepreneur but also someone who didn't have a lot of performance experience and that wasn't something that EW said that was the way Neo described themselves and I think somewhere in there EW was getting blamed and fans were like how could you but the truth is that was how Neo chose to describe herself at the beginning of the competition Another thing that d- didn't really play to her favor, and you saw it in the floor show, mm-hmm. was falling mm-hmm. and yeah. not being able to be in the shoes. You know, that <laughs> obviously is an issue. Yeah, 100%. Um, I watched this floor show one million times before I went <laughs> to the final edit um, because I'm obsessed with the song. Like, I, by the time it gets to, like, the breakdown where, where it's, like, all the crazy stuff at the end, I, it's just, like, banging so hard. It's, yeah. like, completely rocking out. And I this is, like, one of my favorite floor shows of the season. Oh, I'm going to second you on the soundscape because I really love when Blackberry comes out and it's like <laughs> no totally <laughs> me it's like too little, like chimes and laughter I was like this is weird as fuck and I love it my honorable mention is Blackberry's look because I loved the kind of juxtaposition of like Blackberry who's very polished and positive mm-hmm. and like presentable but then this this kind of like sourberry yeah (laughs) overindulgent puking girl like i thought it was really cute i really liked the way that she stained her outfit too yeah it was very it looked really real it didn't just look like you slopped some paint on there or something it looked really like aged and kind of horror she did a great job it was cartoony and childish too in the way that like garbage pail kids are absolutely you could see that look on a card but it also it also obviously screamed blackberry so it wasn't like a costume what i wanted to scream about was um anna banana's outfit because that was that was <laughs> that was wild. That was wild. I think Anna, we love you. By the way, we love wow. Anna. Okay. Well, look, look at what Anna did last episode. Anna could have been yeah. easily in the top. Yeah, last a episode. lot of a lot of fans thought she should have been. Which too. she should. I thought I thought it was a great look. It's judging is the hardest part of this show. Yeah, and there is a difference between seeing it live Ooh, and yeah. seeing it on camera. There is a big difference. Even if you're watching it on camera live, performers have a charisma to them and a magic to them. And you don't see it. You cannot feel it when you're watching it on TV. But when you're in the room like we are, we are watching it through a camera and the monitors, but we're also watching it live. And if Mm -hmm. someone has charisma and stage present, you can feel that. Obviously, when we're looking for our next super monster, 
we want someone who has that stage charisma because we tour and we do all this Absolutely. stuff. They need a magnetism. The best way to in, um, experience drag is live. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't do it any justice on TV. And when you're on stage and you can feel that presence, you can literally feel their energy. It's really powerful. Yeah. I think ultimately that contributed to Anna scoring is because Anna was very animated and yeah. performed very well that day on stage. And in the, the performance had layers of things mm-hmm. to it. So you're like, what? I didn't know. You didn't know what she was going to do. There was like, first there was a banana, then there was chocolate, then the skin came off and it was just like a whole thing. Yeah. Very interesting. I want to shift over to JK because something I realized kind of like putting this episode together, I was like, now, wait a minute. Episode one, we had two marshmallow looks yeah. and JK was half of that. But episode two, we had two kind of like come jacking looks? off inspired oh. looks. And J- you can, okay, come, you could say, <laughs> and you could, you know, JK was also the second half of that. So it was kind of like a strange coincidence, I think. JK is the concept stealer. Ooh, I'm going <laughs> to dig in. Well, not dig in. I'm going to hone in on our two jerk off characters <laughs> watching the the close-ups of this i do think it's interesting that we had two diff- very different consistencies of the material that they were using yeah I was like, oh this is gross i love phil <laughs> <laughs> i thought jk's look was was interesting the concept is really strong it's yeah. cool like the whole idea of what he was doing was cool and this is why we saved jk because conceptually his work is interesting yeah Yeah. maybe the execution isn't all the way there but that can come with time so if you don't have good ideas that's you can't emulate that stuff you can't make that stuff up but if you're competing with people on the show who have good ideas and can execute them well yeah deadly deadly yeah you're Mm. in trouble so it'll be interesting to see how everyone grows and develops as the season goes and speaking of being able to experience something live as opposed to like on television the one thing that was so special <laughs> to experience <laughs> live was hemorrhoid gothic oh. stunts because was that disgusting. was so nasty and i was like giggling Yay. because matthew lillard is like squirming like throughout totally. the whole thing he's like are those vaginas is that shit? shit? Like, I'm like, what? What's happening with this person? What's coming out <laughs> of this person? What's coming out of his mouth? What is that? No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, Orgotic was great. That was like a disgusting. I did not want to look at it. I don't think I did look at the whole. You know, <laughs> the whole, the whole. The whole thing. <laughs> um, let's talk about our people that didn't score as well, right? So mm-hmm. Onyx was on the bottom, and I I felt like there was like an identity crisis happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an identity crisis happening. And again, this maybe is something you can't see watching it from a show. I'm not sure, but you definitely could filming because everyone showed up. Everyone was very solid in who they were, but I could not tell who Onyx was. Well, I think that Onyx sort of backs that idea up in the cauldron when she says something to the effect of, oh, the judges were right. I, I'm a showgirl. I should have gone out there and done circus showgirl shit. And here I am as Derby Debbie. And I'm like, bingo. Right. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. She said something else too. There was a moment where it was something to the effect of, I don't know. I, I have my gigs. I'm a working queen. I perform a lot, but I, I don't pan back and say, Hey, what is an Onyx on Dick's look? What is mm-hmm. my aesthetic? What is, right. what direction, where do I come from? Basically what part of the drag world? And I think coming into a competition really hones in on that. Yeah. And it also hones in on your execution, but your ideas and like going to, going to Anna, you know, Anna's like an incredibly seasoned performer and we're fans, but like in a competition setting, a whole nother element of like stress and and 
severity kind of come into play, which can really mess with your head. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's what I was sensing. There was like a, a lack of identity happening and a mm-hmm. lack of confidence. And what I remember from who we cast was I have all these circus performance yeah. tricks, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I can't wait for this person to get here and start doing crazy stuff. But no crazy stuff happened, Mm -hmm. you know? And then this challenge, I felt like her look was so literal. It was just like lifted from a card with no onyx on it. And I had just warned her the episode before. I was like, we want to see who you are. So episode two, you wear something that is basically just like a costume from Garbage Pail Kids. I think that's something to give her a little bit of shine on is that in terms of the classic cards, I mean, you could see Dirty Debbie as a card, but I think 100%. When, when you're looking at everyone else and there are all these different interpretations and sort of elevations or mutations of mm. that idea, it almost seemed like the literal nature of the outfit was to her detriment. Yeah, you right. have to bring Total it into detriment. Dracula world. You have to bring yeah, it into totally, our world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that was the thing. We're talking about Blackberry, right? Blackberry also looked like you could have been on a card but also looked like Blackberry and yeah. it was unmistakably Blackberry. And so I think that's what I was trying to get Onyx to do. And I think Onyx is probably a really talented drag artist that yeah. could have went very far on the show. But here's the thing. When you have all these people lined up again, if not her, who? Then who? Yeah, yeah. totally. And, you know, you could argue that maybe Anna's look deserved to be on the bottom with the, the mask malfunctioning, all that. But it was such a layered performance and it was so sold to the judges in a live space. That's what I think saved Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Cynthia for a minute because I think Cynthia represented pretty well her place in the drag world or her self-described place, which is I'm like a fashion monster from Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And the first two looks really did come from a very fashionable kind of place. Like that mushroom queen that everybody loved, like the response to her look was so, yeah, the hummus (laughs) to the fungus queen. I mean, the shapes and the fingers and the hair was like very fashion-y, but these like exaggerated proportions on her can I say crackhead was, was kind of, <laughs> well, that's you know, what she cool. said. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. 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 I don't, I, I thought it was, um, like, I mean, I said it on the show. I thought it was a little insensitive. It's dicey. It is. It's definitely a, uh, it's a hot button, hot spoon issue. It's sort of like wearing a mental illness as a costume. which is a little weird. I feel like you should be able to talk about everything Mm. and anything in art, but it is a delicate thing. I think you can. And that's the thing. She chose to do it. She was allowed to do it. And now she has to deal with the conversations about it, right? Whether it makes people feel uncomfortable or they think it's funny or whatever, you're going to get multiple responses, but Mm -hmm. you're going to get the, there's a famous competitor from the show who I remember telling back in the day, you can say these things and you can do these things and I'm not going to stop you, but I just need you to understand what you're inviting into your life by tackling all these subjects and saying all these things on the show because the response that you think you're going to get is not what you think it is. Yeah, that is very true. And I think that Cynthia really tried to push this, oh, th- there's a personal narrative to this. And unfortunately, we've seen this time and time again, and it's not the last time we'll see it, probably a hundred times over. When you try to put your own personal messaging into things, no one gets the pamphlet. No one gets the the readout mm-hmm. of, oh, this is why this person did this look. They just see the look and then they make their judgments based on that. And 
honestly, for me, I like the look. It is fashiony, but it's also when you look at everything else and you look at Throb, our winner, it's like, uh, okay, where is the rest of it? Where's the rest of this outfit? Yeah. And it was Phil, you know, that's the thing. It, it was sort of a, a controversy, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it was filth and it was sort of wrong. And that is a filth topic, but I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't yeah. land with the judges. And that's why Cynthia and Onyx had to eat worms. Right. Um, and before <laughs> when we, you do before a, we, when you, a wrong outfit yeah, you and eat, you take a risk, you, you have to eat worms. Eat worms. But before we go there, <laughs> I do want to talk about Throb's smashing success on this garbage. Go for it. Yeah. No, I feel like when I watched that performance, it was, such a highlight of, of something that was already so cool. Like I love this floor show. I love the soundscape. I loved everybody's inspiration. And I think it's so silly and like out of nowhere and weird and wrong. But when Throb came out and turned it into horror and kind of like in that super sugary sweet way of <laughs> scooping out your own guts and then eating it. I'm yeah. like, this is so brilliant. And it felt like a doll and childlike, mm-hmm. but also wrong, which that's what garbage pail kids did. That's the thing. When I think about garbage pail kids, I always think about how they make me feel and they make me feel gross they may feel uncomfortable because they're always happy about whatever yeah. horrible thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, my arms true. gonna come off yay and it's just like and i feel like throbs is yeah totally <laughs> so good and it was very cartoony i loved the the almost you know 2d like nature of the colors yeah that he chose and everything it was just fantastic and, and filled with detail literally from head to toe yeah. everything down to the shoes ev- to the stone, utensils, stone every- those socks? exactly it was like so good i want to say everybody i think performed very well in this challenge everyone looked great everyone performed very well they should all be proud of their looks i hope that they get the chance to perform these looks on stages oh, out yeah. in the wild because it's so oh fun. maybe for the tour too <laughs> that's so fun yeah so the, so let's move on to after they've learned yes. who won and didn't and all that throb reacted very interestingly to the yeah. win I thought Throb would have came into the room and been like, I feel great. I win. And I remember him shrinking behind a couch. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, why? That's not the reaction I was looking for. What did you all think of that? I really wasn't sure what to make out of it, you know? And I, I, I feel like I, I, what I wished was that Throb could just celebrate in the moment, like feel happy and proud because they work really hard. They focus super hard. They did incredible. They won. So it should be a moment of celebration instead of feeling like when you're on the top, that's when people love to like gun for you. And now I feel vulnerable. You know, it's like, I think you can't rob yourself of mm-hmm. the celebration after you put the hard work in. Yeah. I, I think about what Throb had said and it is when you get to the top, then you have a target on your back. And I agree with you, Swan. I think that I wish that Throb was able to celebrate their win more that night because they fucking crushed it. It was awesome. 100%. Totally. And even just, you know, for drag kings even, you know what I mean? To come on and sort of, I know that he felt that pressure that he was like representing, you know, drag kings and that sort of art form. And to win the second episode and do really well in the first one, I'm like, hi, this is great. It's you awesome. Know? As hi, Landon hi. is the judge, <laughs> you know? Landon yeah, with is Landon judge. is the judge. It's like yeah. so perfect. And like, people, what a moment. People will probably think, oh, well, Landon probably went easy on the drag kings. Oh, that is not true. Landon went hard. Yeah. Not unfairly, but no. On everybody. Laser focus on yeah. everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Judged everyone exactly the same on a fair scale so yeah. and someone else who gets like laser focused judged by the entire cast is jk and we see more of that in the <laughs> college right so they're yeah. all, i mean he's just he's literally defending his own self-ascribed title as the most annoying person in brooklyn <laughs> except he's become the most annoying person in 
the cauldron because yeah. everyone is like it's just static 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 and he can't escape it mm-hmm. but one of my favorite moments is when orgotic and, oh. and i'm gonna do my orgotic because he says he says it kind of quick and he's like i was kind of gagged that you weren't in the bottom and jk's like what did you say and he's like i was kind of gagged that you weren't in the bottom <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. Another favorite orgotic moment is they're going back and forth, and he says something like, oh, "Your hand is fucking goofy." Yeah. <laughs> he goes, that, hand, "That arm is stupid as fuck." Yes, that arm is stupid as fuck. I, which, by something the way, like I, that. I love the giant hand, but in the moment, I was like, "Bitch, get her wig." <laughs> yeah, again, a good idea, but like the execution, it could have been, it could have been done a lot. I better. felt like I was missing something. I don't know if you all felt this because sometimes this happens to me, but. I'm like, what is the problem with him? Like, I don't see him doing things to get everyone so irritated. Am I I missing something? I feel like there is an element of JK plays ball in Uh every sense. So, you know, we could just, you know, we could play fight a little bit. But JK is like, oh, you want to play fight? Cool. I'll take the gloves off. And now we'll get the claws out. And he's just always ready to do it. And so it just sort of almost intrinsically makes him a fighter. But who who does he say anything to? I don't remember him just coming for people randomly at this point, right? No, but I think he he always has something to say. He's always got a comment. I think he called Cynthia like a loud mouth and a big mouth. I mean, when you have opinions like that and you decide to share them, you're going to open yourself up to like criticisms and counterattacks. And that's what happens. Which I live for. I'm like, I I love that JK does that. I'm like, thank you for fucking saying something. We've said it a thousand times and this goes to anybody else who ever uh, auditions for future seasons of the Blade Brothers Dragula. Like there's a bunch of different ways you can show up to work and doing, Mm -hmm. doing the drag and performing in the floor shows is absolutely a way to show up for work but when you're in the cauldron everything counts and when we, we say that a thousand times during production everything counts so when you're in the cauldron we want to see your personality like yeah. you need to show up to work on those days too and the, it's the people that try to self-produce and kind of protect it never their image works. it never works they just don't they don't you people just don't look see like, who they are yeah you look mm-hmm. like you're faking it and then everyone turns on you but i don't know i for me as a person i felt like i i did the same thing with zava like when we were there i didn't get what the problem with zava was because i feel like someone likes i like to be around someone like that because they tell you mm-hmm. how they feel and it's not a game or a mystery or they're playing games with you they're just like you pissed me out okay cool sorry or actually i'm not sorry i did it on purpose fuck you too and then you move on yeah you know i think zava says something in season four or maybe it's after the season but i think that's almost like a new york kind of mentality mm-hmm. it's very direct and it's very just it's it's not personal it's just it's just we're just talking yeah but god i live for that too. it's so like, much I, easier if everybody to get could operate with. on that level it'd be so much better yeah and then like <laughs> no one's out to kill anybody or slit yeah. each other's throat you run into each other. Okay, move on. That's it. Well, unless it's the Go Ship Glamour challenge. <laughs> oh, look, I can, I can do that too. Oh, we're best friends. We're best friends. <laughs> oh, God, what an epic moment. Yeah, so, okay, so JK stirling up some energy, but now we're moving on to the worm. Yes, and, and much like the, the trash juice smoothie, the pieces that you can't perceive, because they look nasty and everybody can see that, mm, but there was a you lot can hear them and you can see. The smell. It's so I didn't expect the smell. I I wasn't, you know, again, we're we're more involved now than ever. So we're 
especially me for the exterminations. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. You're all up in it. Mama. I like to play with. The, I like that stuff. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I didn't mind it at all. In fact, I think I freaked the camera out because she's. Were you yeah. there when I? <laughs> What'd you do? I went down to like eat. Like I was like I stuck my tongue out. Like I was licking the worms. They're like ah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't care. I mean, our set is fun. It like, is our fun. set is really fun. It is fun. So they did the worms, and unfortunately, Cynthia had a bigger mouth than Onyx, which uh, I think we all JK knew, was right. right. JK, yeah, literally <laughs> and figuratively, big mouth. I can attest, as I was there watching it, that Cynthia was scooping those things up like a pelican. Hoovering, <laughs> mama. Uh huh. She was sucking them up. I was like, how are you doing that? And she'd eat more maggots if she had to. <laughs> she had to. She was doing this thing where she like turned her head to the yeah. side to create like a scoop, like an ice cream scoop <laughs> oh with her God. mouth. And she went from throb. throb. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with Onyx was Onyx was getting them in, but dropping them out uh-huh. between the tables. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. gotta hold on to your worms. You, you do. do. I just can't. I just think about the sound that Onyx was making. She would pick them up and she'd go, Bleh! she would just kind of <laughs> spit them into the thing. And I, I was can't. like, oh, poor thing. <clears throat> oh, she really did try, though. I mean, that, it was it was a close. I uh, think it's the one. most dangerous on the show in the beginning because you mm-hmm. can be great and go home. You yeah. can be great and you could go home because yeah. it's ever it's so tight, you know. Yeah. Any little thing. So I hate, of course, just like I hated last episode. I hate that Onyx went home. I would have loved to see more of Onyx but that's the nature of the competition, right? Yeah. But Onyx got an amazing death scene. Amazing. Yes. And I want, I want to go back to our, our opener because we had some foreshadowing there because you saw these incredible dolls, which mm-hmm. you now know are kind of replicas of the top three looks of the challenge. Yeah. And we met a friend at a horror convention in LA. Um, his name is Eric and he runs Zuzu dolls and they do all of these like custom Chucky dolls. And he just, he's just obsessed with everything killer doll and Chucky. So when I knew when this challenge came around, I'm like, we need to talk to him and see if he <laughs> yeah. can do this. And they did an incredible job so in like good. the smallest amount of time. And then they became our murderers that night. Cause we pulled an Abe Due Dumbala. <laughs> <laughs> like sent out our killer doll minions. That was oh, really that was cute. very fun to shoot. That was a that was a fun day. And yeah. Onyx was great. Onyx yeah. was great. Fun to be around. Acted great. It was appreciative. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would love to see more of Onyx in the future because I feel like they do have all these cool skills that people yeah, just don't absolutely. know about. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for this episode's post-mortem we will be back next week yes we are weekly now Ooh, for the time being. we're doing it we're doing it gals <laughs> we will be back <laughs> for episode three but in the meantime make sure you send us your questions if you want us to answer to creatures at bulebrothersdragula.com if there's anything you want to know about episode two or episode one that we didn't talk about we will do our best to answer them on air until next time Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drachmorda and Swanthula Boulay, along with co-host Ian DeVogler, with music by Neuron Spectre.